1: considerations a chicago bulls podcast are part of the blue Wire network i'm ricky o'donnell as always i'm here with jason pat and jason there's not much going on with the chicago bulls right now we're still a couple weeks out from the true slop true slop season coming with some trade rumors some free agency rumors uh the draft of course is about one month away the bulls do not have a pick in this draft i believe they could acquire one still or they they definitely can still acquire one but uh, how are they going to do that will be the big question. If the bulls do want to try to move into this draft. Uh, and in general, the NBA is still just sort of waiting for the other participant in the finals to come through. The Boston Celtics have clawed their way out of a 3-0 hole against the Miami heat in the Eastern conference finals. That series is now three, uh, two we'll see if Jimmy can punch his ticket to the finals for a second time with Miami and the Denver Nuggets are just sitting there waiting. The Nuggets are just going to have this huge break until the Eastern Conference champion is determined. So, uh, fun time in the league. I think the Eastern Conference Finals has gotten pretty good. Not a ton going on with our Bulls lately, but there have been some, like, loose rumors and threads we could follow already starting to pop up.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've seen the Combine last week that, that you were at. Uh, Combine brings um some like some some minor slop season if we can call it that with just whatever a bunch of execs and whatever coaches and scouts and gms like all all there people they start people start talking some room loose lips some rumors start coming out and like there's been some speculation casey johnson brought it up last week and he also brought it up again in a mailbag that he put out i believe it was yesterday that i'm reading right now um, again, the first question was about him reporting on the speculation about the Bulls possibly bringing up their core and about speculation involving like Zach Zach Levine or Demar. Uh, I believe the initial speculation was talking about like I think it was like with, with that Blazers pick and we've kind of we obviously talked about that a little bit with Sean Eichen uh recently in, Uh, doesn't seem like that would be like the Blazers' first choice, but does seem like their first choice, who could be Michael Bridges. The Nets have been uh, posturing that they do not want to make that trade, where or they'd at least need more than whatever the number three pick and Anthony Simons or whatever that trade would look like. So we'll see. Obviously, there's still a lot of time here, but uh, in this new mailbag. Uh, he was a Casey was again, he was asked again about like what do you do you think they will break up this core? And um he doesn't certainly doesn't have an actual answer. He notes that the Bulls' public stance is they're not gonna do it and that Vooch has some say in it about whether he wants to come back. Um, but again, he says several rival rival executives who NBC Sports Chicago talked to at the combine are skeptical about the long-term marriage between Zach and the Bulls. Levine, who's been loyal to the Bulls, has grown tired of consistently landing in trade rumors, although talk of the Knicks' interest in the trade deadline was overstated. Um the Bulls have publicly backed at every opportunity. Um he says so believe that for now rival ex- executive speculation. But again, uh we'll see how that works. Again, there were those kind of Knicks rumors at the trade deadline. And uh he like I guess case Casey says they were overstated. We'll we'll see if the Knicks after bowing out to the heat their scoring obviously was a bit rough in that in that series julius randall really struggled if they would come back to someone like zach if they'd have bigger fish to fry i you know like Embiid and like cat have been brought up with them but um again a lot of this does seem to be coming from whatever other teams other speculation about it we've also saw there was some speculation about like deandre Ayton with the Suns because it seems like uh Aiton probably wants out of Phoenix. Uh, we we know he signed that offer sheet last year with the Pacers and they matched. And then this year it was kind of another disaster for him in the playoffs. And the rumors immediately started afterwards that uh, the Suns were going to look to trade Aiden. Uh The Bulls came over, I think it was Sean Devaney over at had, had he like, talked to whatever, some exec or some person who said, oh, like, the Bulls are, like, the most interesting team who could be a possibility for Aiton. And we talked about Aiton last year, too, and Aiden's an interesting character, I mean, and of course, like if Vooch leaves, like Aiden is a whatever. It's much younger, uh, theoretically, still possibly some higher ceiling for him to hit. But uh, Aiden is a very frustrating player to watch uh, because he just plays so soft, despite being just an absolute monster of a man uh, and built like a like a god, uh, it's very frustrating to watch him play so soft. But I mean, still, like it would be possibly an intriguing option. Maybe again, who knows? Just like how much he's just does not like playing in Phoenix and maybe a a fresh start would be good for him. Um, We also had Sam Smith, longtime Bulls legendary beat writer uh, at bulls.com talks about how he does think that the Bulls will not bring all three members of their quote unquote big three back. Interesting that Sam is writing that and wrote that uh, on uh, the Bulls website. Um, So uh, so that's some of the main slop that we've seen. What do you make of any of that? Ricky. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think, you know, a few people have texted me like, would you trade Levine for the Blazers number three pick? I would definitely do that. I mean, especially if Scoot Henderson is available with the number three pick. I'd say right now it looks like Charlotte is going to do what, in my opinion, would be a mistake and take Brandon Miller at number two overall, uh, leaving Scoot on the board at number three for Portland. You know, if Portland wants Zach Levine for the number three pick, (laughs) I would do that without even thinking about it. But as you mentioned, I do think Portland is going to have some targets above Zach who they could go get for that pick. Uh, Michael Bridges has been buzzed about Raptors
2: guys, maybe Uh,
1: Siakam. How about Jalen Brown with everyone talking about the Celtics potentially breaking it up? uh, Jalen Brown, of course, Odom Monster extension after this season. So that could be one even cat. You know, could you see Cat in Portland? That could be pretty interesting. So realistically, I don't think the Bulls can get the number three overall pick for Zach Levine, though that would be awesome, in my opinion. And I like Zach. But when I think about it, it's like, okay, he's turning 29 this season. Yeah. He closed the year so strong. But what? He still has four more years left in that big extension. And you just think, like. Like, well, you know, if he has another knee problem, like then at that point, does the contract become an albatross? Like right now, he could still have pretty good value, especially since I think you look around the league and like it's pretty wide open. Like a team, there's a lot of teams who believe that like they can add a high level piece and potentially compete for a championship. Yep. Uh, So Levine could have some pretty solid trade value this season. I like Levine. But I think that, you know, if the Bulls do decide to move on from him, I'd be cool with it for sure. If they get a really good package for him, Uh, we've already seen what this team looks like sort of being rebuilt around Zach and Zach is not able to carry a team to victories by himself. We know that at this point. Uh, So I think that that's sort of like the first thing you have to try to figure out, like, Levine probably has the most trade value of anyone on the team. I would think he has more trade value than DeRozan, just given that just he's the years, player, team control, shooter, yeah, and he's under contract. Uh, so that's not to say that the Bulls should like openly shop Zach Levine, but you know, if, potentially if you could get the number three pick, I think that, that would be interesting. I think I mentioned on the last pod too, but like, you know, six and 11 from Orlando to me, that would be something you would have to think about just because you could add two lottery level, you know, 19 year olds to the future of the team and try to replenish the young talent on the team that way. Um, Beyond that, Aiton's interesting. Like, Aiton, what's he making per year? Off the top of my head, I'm gonna say he's making thirty-four million
2: annually. I believe the contract is four years one thirty-three million. So what is that? Thirty something? Like basically, I think what exactly what you said. Yeah.
1: Uh I could be talked into Aiton. Aiton would like the main appeal of Aiden would sort of be let's see something new. Yeah. Like <laughs> we saw the Vooch thing for a couple years. Vooch, certainly not the scapegoat to the Bulls' problems. I think Vooch, like, first of all, Vooch played every game. Like, you got to give him credit for that. Like, he was super available, and he gave you above-average center play every single game. He was, he played the most important defensive position for a defensive finish, what, number five in the league? Yeah. And offensively, he can stretch the floor a little bit. He can pass a little bit. Uh, certainly, like, the trade to acquire Vooch was disappointing. I don't think, you know, Vooch's level of play just slipped after he came from Orlando to the Bulls. But part of that is going from the first option to the third option. And we've seen that happen in different quote unquote, big threes, you know, over the last 10 years in the NBA. So uh, if they were to get Aiton, I would be interested in like what Aiton's defense could look like. Cause like Aiton was pretty stout defensively against Jokic in that matchup when Aiton wasn't on the floor, the Suns were just barbecue chicken against Jokic. Uh, obviously, you know, as you mentioned, the thing with Aiton is it's just like, come on, dude, just dunk the ball. <laughs> like, why are you Doing these like fadeaways and hook shots when you could just be slamming it every single time. But Ayton's still 23. He's a good player. I mean, don't forget yeah. all the big games he had on the Suns run to the finals in 2021 where he was putting up some monster stat lines. I don't think that Aiton is like a great player. Prospect or a great player, potentially he could make an All Star game or two. Maybe uh, he's a frustrating player though because yeah. he leaves you wanting more. He has the tools to be better than he is, and, and because of how
2: he he's still kind of limited good. offensively too in terms of like whatever. He doesn't really shoot doesn't like shoot. not much yeah. of a shooter. Like his not much of a passer. Really, not much. Of, yeah, like Vooch is definitely like a better passer and playmaker. So it's like uh, so like yeah he puts up numbers because he's huge. Like what he's decent around the basket, but he's often just goes up. So soft, like, whatever, he's got pretty good touch and all that, but like, he just wish he would dunk on people and that he could extend, like, whatever, get a little more versatility to his game. But yeah, I mean, he's going to be like a double double guy for a long time. It's just, will he ever be more than that? And like, is that worth 30 some million percent? Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth his money, right? And people will say, like,
1: Zach's not worth his money, but like, at least Zach is a sick shooter who can also give you rim pressure. Not that Zach's a perfect player, he's got his own warts, but. I kind of think that, like, you know, Zach Zach's movement shooting ability, especially if they could get him shooting more threes, uh, might aid winning more than what Ayton can do, especially given that you can typically find big men cheaper. Yeah. You can't really find, you know, guys who can give you rim pressure and volume three point shooting for cheap on the market. The one thing I want to talk about, Jace, is just like, you know, what the Bulls could have to work with. And I read this in a post from Eli Schuster at Bleacher Nation. He does an awesome job blogging the Bulls. Really enjoy that website. So I'm just going to read off a little part of his article in his story, which was called So uh, What Money Do the Bulls Have to Spend This Summer?" (laughs) So Eli wrote, for instance, let's say Vucevic signs an $18 million per year deal to return. Kobe White signs a $13 million deal and Io signs a $4 million deal. That would give the Bulls $8.5 below the luxury tax threshold to operate with, and the Bulls' full mid-level exception would be $12 million. So we saw this last year, too. The yeah, Bulls chose right. not to use the full mid-level exception because they didn't want to go into the luxury tax. You have to assume that's going to be the same again. It's bullshit, but it's just going to happen. <laughs> uh, so what I think about when I think $1. One contract for eight point five million is the Bulls going after Danilo Gallinari last year because they offered him something right. similar
2: to that. Yeah,
1: of course Gallinari then didn't play a game this year. <laughs> he hurt before training camp and uh, didn't play a game. So that would have been a disaster if the Bulls would have done that. But at least they would have had the contract to trade, I suppose. Um, I don't really know. Like, I don't have like a list of guys in front of me of who the Bulls could get. I think Max, someone like Max Struess would be good. Struess or v-
2: Gabe, I believe both those guys are free agents, right? <clears throat> Vincent. Who the Bulls need shooting.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Gabe Vincent for eight eight point five million a year. Like that could be a decent deal. They could use some size too. Like. Jay Crowder, can, he yeah, I mean, a he forward... an, can you get him for the biannual exception of $4 million a year? If he didn't play this year. Did he, I mean, he barely played this season. And he's... Yeah, the Bucs traded for him and then cut him out of the rotation. And, yeah, and he was, was
2: very upset about, about it. The
1: <laughs> but yeah, they could use, uh, hey, fresh legs though, baby. No, he yeah. might just be totally washed, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> There's a reason why Bud wasn't playing him. Uh, But like if the Bulls don't break up the big three, they need to add volume shooting like yeah. that is that's just it you need two volume shooters
2: you need one for eight million one for you know whatever four million minimum or something game. or by any like you said biannual exception i believe they do have that available because they used it on tristan a couple of years ago western conference final participant tristan played thompson <laughs> played game four and did okay uh that was kind of funny but yeah they used the biannual on him and they so they didn't have it last year but i believe they will have that again yeah and that's something three or four million. So they will have a few of those exceptions to add a few players. At least like you said, they got to add shooting. No doubt. They could use a point guard as well. We'll see what they do there. We'll see if they bring back Kobe. Obviously Lonzo is probably not coming back. And they, I mean, there's also the d- disabled player exception. I know that it's th- things start getting tricky with like the tax apron as well. I mean, we don't, they're not going to go in the tax. So like some of this might be just completely irrelevant, but like if they actually want to spend, and go into the tax there's also the tax apron i can't remember how high that is but like if they had like the d- disabled player exception too and the mid level and the biannual there is the hard cap that gets uh triggered when you use those kind of things so i'm not sure how much higher they could go but like there are some avenues to use to get some role players here I mentioned a point guard. I have to bring this up now because it was kind of talked about on hoopsite. So uh, th- like it was Mike Scotto and then like a couple of Knicks guys, uh, Ian Begley and Stefan Bondi, uh, Scotto brought up how, Oh, like Derek Rose, I think would make a lot of sense going back to the bulls. And I think Bondi was like, Oh yeah, like it sounds right. Cause I think D Rose was like a 15 million like team option or some shit like that. Um, which, I mean, he, he he was out of the rotation. There's no, I can't imagine they're bringing him back for that much. Like, maybe they bring him back for cheap, but like, Ricky, <laughs> I feel like we've talked about D-Rose. Like, and this comes up like every year, I feel like, a D-Rose reunion because the Bulls still need point guard help.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Would you bring back one Derek
1: Rose? God, No, no, I just don't want it. (laughs) I do think that Rose could maybe still play at a decently high level. I'm not
2: sure, because he just fell out of the rotation. So, like, I don't know how much he's got left, honestly. And Tibbs was the only coach who he could really do anything for. So if Tibbs lost trust in him,
1: but, like, what is he going to be? 34? I think think he's older than
2: that. I think he's he's my age i think he might be 35 I mean, he'd be in cheap a, i would assume
1: <laughs> in a small role it's possible that he could provide some competency at point guard he's not a very good shooter right he's not going to defend a ton and just like how available is he going to be like he's not going to be able to play 30 minutes a game and really like the the, the bulls whole problem like people say like oh the vooch trade is there, big problem or whatever their big mistake is was signing lonzo because he makes 20 million a year and he can't play like at least vooch is playing every game and if you're trying to compete and you got a guy taking up 20 million a year who can't play for three years that's just an issue so uh Anyways, back to D-Rose, it's like, well, I guess the question is just like, how do you fill that point guard hole? Yeah,
2: I mean, if you're bringing him in at the minimum to be like your third string point guard, like fine. And he's whatever you want to do that Uh, again, that does feel like super Garpaxian just for the whatever. the You can easily sell the D-Rose signing to a Bulls fan base that it's that it's super pissed off again. And a lot of Bulls fans will be excited about it. And even if he doesn't play, although people would probably be clamoring for him to play a lot. Um, because I mean, who else is going to play point guard for you? It was who knows if they what do they do at point guard? Like who the fuck knows? It was Lonzo's not going to play, and we'll see what happens with Kobe and Io. And even if, I mean, I don't know if they're going to try any any other ideas. There was actually bring up some other slot for the point guard spot. Uh, I believe it was was it Eric Kareen at the Athletic brought up was kind of going through a Raptors trade like like offseason like kind of like blow it up type deal. And his idea was. A sign and trade of Fred Van Vliet for Lonzo, Patrick Williams, and like a second round pick. Would you do that?
1: Uh, you know what? I don't think Van Vliet moves the needle enough for me to trade Pat. Like, yeah. I don't think Pat's going to be a superstar, but I do think he's going to be a pretty solid two way forward who will be- give you above average defense and some shooting. And, you know, you hope that one day it just fully clicks offensively for him. Yeah. Van Vliet's play really fell off this year. He's so small. I know he has been in all-stars. Recently. Heavy minutes, too. He's played a ton of minutes. So, no, I'm not trading Patrick Williams for that. <laughs> Screw that. Like, maybe Van Vliet put the Bulls on a path to, like, where they could win the championship. You do that trade. But the Bulls aren't even close. Yeah, to like win. a
2: finish, finishing piece there. Yeah, I would agree. I would tend to agree. I don't think they trade Pat unless you're getting, like. A legit big, big time upgrade. I mean, I wouldn't like be opposed to trying some way to get Van Vliet, but like, I'd be shocked if they trade trade Pat. And I I do think the article did say that he thought it was a trade that he didn't think like either, like the the Bulls would do. He might even said like either, neither team would do it. And then the Raptors should bring back Van Vliet, I think if they didn't, because I think the other trade he suggested was like Siakam for like the third pick. So this was just like a whole like rebuilding thing for him. But yeah, like I think Fred like makes sense as a target. If you do, if you, if they did try to keep this core together or at least whatever, stick with Demar and Zach or stick with at least two of them and you need a point guard upgrade. Fred makes sense. He's from the area. He's a, uh, and he's obviously just a really solid veteran player and go with Kirk Heinrich, he's got basically. a house in the area. Uh, but So yeah, I think it makes sense as a target if you're like still trying to compete this year, and if there's a way you could get him. But again, he the Bulls aren't really going to have cap space, and they would have to work out some type of sign and trade. But yeah, the Pat thing, I just I would be shocked if the Bulls, even with Pat, like not whatever taking the big steps forward, you would like because right now, as I've said before, like one of the only ways it feels like the Bulls can get out of this malaise is with Pat somehow breaking out into a star. So like trading him for. Fred is a known quantity at this point, and he's not. And it just yeah, like you said, probably just not moving the needle enough to give up that shot that out, even if it's an outside shot at Pat turning into a star, probably just not worth worth it at this point. Yeah, but even if Pat's not a star, like he can still be a good player. You yeah. still need players like
1: Pat. Right. He's the only forward on the entire roster. <laughs> Pretty good defensively. Still only twenty one. He's shooting forty percent from three. Granted, on low volume, but still. But I'm not giving up Pat. Not for that package. Uh, I'm also thinking, to tie it back to D. Rose, weren't there reports that the Bulls almost signed D. Rose instead of Caruso? Like, they basically, like, Caruso was their first option and D. Can't Rose remember. was their option <laughs> that year. Something that is coming to mind. One more thing, Jason. This is uh, this is just me spewing stuff, but one thing I'd like to see the Bulls do this offseason. Not going to happen, but I'd love to see it. Fire Donovan and hire Bud. I think Bud would be a real nice coaching upgrade and he's just sitting there available. I assume he wants to coach again. Of course he did have the death of one of his brothers happen during these playoffs. So perhaps he would prefer to sit this season out, but uh, he's being mentioned as a candidate for a lot of these top jobs. And of any of the available coaches on the market, Monty Williams, Nick nurse, doc rivers. I want bud. Bud's the best coach of that group. Obviously, he's had a lot of issues in his career uh, with the Bucks, but he's still a great coach. I mean, if you look at his Atlanta teams and you look at his Bucks teams, like he turned both those organizations around. Regular season monster, just plays a modern style, knows how to build a good team. So, fire Billy, hire Bud. Jason, am I crazy?
2: <sighs> I mean, it's not going to happen, as you said. Like, they're, I mean, they, whatever they gave Billy a secret extension. Uh, and I feel like the upgrade there. I mean, he's certainly like you said, Bud is like, probably has got a really nice just floor. Um, I'll be good at developing again. We saw problems with Bud in terms of some of the like in game adjustment stuff, and uh, obviously, he's been criticized a lot for playoff coaching, but uh, I mean, you got to get to the playoffs to actually be criticized for playoff coaching, and uh, he certainly has done a good job just kind of building up teams to get to that level. It's and he did win a championship, although also had Giannis and that's why he won title was Giannis and that team is really good. But, uh, cause I don't know if I'd be like really barging down the door to do that, but I don't know. Okay, I mean,
1: Bill in- Gann won 60 games with the 2015 he Atlanta did. Hawks. He did. And then he won 48, 43. Okay. Then Atlanta has a bad year. They fire him. Then goes to Milwaukee. They went 60, 56, you know, 51, 58. So, I think Bud is definitely a better coach than Billy. I I wouldn't like stamp that about, about Doc Rivers. I wouldn't. I think Monty Williams is probably a better coach than Billy, but I think Monty Williams is also like a tough coach in ways that could like rub some people the wrong way. So I wouldn't necessarily replace Billy with Monty. I wouldn't replace Billy with Nick Nurse. Probably not. Even though Nurse is probably a better coach. But, Bud, I think, would be a big upgrade, and if the Bulls were actually serious about wanting to maximize them
2: winning, I'm firing Billy and I'm hiring Bud interesting take. I don't know if I could go there, but uh I like the I like the ideas thinking' the, I don't even mean, know that's outside, that's outside the box, but again, we know it's not going to happen they they seem to love Billy, Billy's fine, it is what it is, oh well, um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much most of the Bulls stuff we've gone over. I'm sure there's some slop we've missed, and of course there'll be plenty more to go. Not certainly not, probably not draft slop, uh, because the Bulls have what no draft picks in this year's draft, so that's exciting stuff. But uh, hopefully we do some other rumors pick up, and we'll obviously talk more off season. We'll have to look more into targets. We'll have people. We'll talk to some other guys, uh, see what they think the Bulls should do moving forward here. But to wrap it up here, some quick playoff talk, as uh, you mentioned. Uh, Heat Celtics went from 3-0 Heat to 3-2 Celtics I'm not very surprised that that happened The fact that the Heat were up 3-0 In the beginning with it was absolutely ridiculous I thought the Celtics were going to win this series in 5 or 6 And if they didn't dick around in the first couple games uh, It probably should have ended last night But they did dick around Jimmy was awesome in those first couple games The Game 3 was a complete shocker But now it's 3-2 Going back to Miami, the Celtics seem to have figured things out Ricky, you think they're going to pull off this comeback Or do you think Jimmy's going to uh come forth with a big performance in game six or seven uh to end this. I personally think the funniest outcome for me, I mentioned this yesterday on Twitter, that would be if Boston wins game six and then they go back to game seven and lose at home in game seven. That would be hilarious to me. Um I kind of think Miami's gonna get get it done tomorrow because I think the Celtics have just one more uh like choke or just like disappointing performance in them. Even though again I think they're the better team. I thought series should have been basically over already um he should not be this close to an NBA Finals with this team even as good as Jimmy's been they have so many injuries Gabe Vincent got hurt again Caleb Martin almost got hurt or kind of went down yesterday although he ended up being fine their team is basically the Walking Dead I mean Jimmy's hurt too even though he got hurt in the playoffs too and he's playing through it like there's just like no reason for them to be where they are but I still feel like they can they got one more in them and that the Celtics have one more whoever it's like complete Collapse choking them, Ricky. What do you think about this series?
1: <laughs> Heat winning in seven. I didn't even see you say that on uh, Twitter, but be the greatest outcome. I think that the Heat, the Celtics love to beat themselves, and mm-hmm. the Celtics have one more performance in them where they can beat themselves. They love to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, I do think the Heat need 45
2: from Jimmy to, yeah, win they need Jimmy to be five. big, like. I think the one criticism a lot of people have had, even though, like we're obviously Jimmy stands is sometimes there are games where he just comes out and just does not try hard enough to score for himself. And like, that was exactly what happened last night, 10 shot attempts. He had 14 points. 10 sh- that's just, that's just not good enough. They might not have won anyways, because the Celtics shot a million percent from three again and the heat and like bam and Kyle Lowry turned the ball over a million times. Like even a big Jimmy performance might not have led to a win, but like Jimmy can't be only taking 10 shots and scoring 14 points. Like, they need him to come out and set the tone and really go get more aggressive. And obviously the Celtics have changed some things. You get bigger bodies on him like Tatum and and throwing more bodies at him. That makes it tough. But, and even if he's banged up, like whatever, Jimmy's gotten a lot of praise. We've praised him. We love him. He needs to come out and take more than 10 shots. He's got to take 20 or 25 shots. I feel like in game six, just because they're running out of bodies and he just can't keep relying on Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, who's hurt and Kevin loves kind of, he, his effectiveness has kind of worn out Lowry. The last couple games has been terrible. I mean, they're playing fucking like Haywood Highsmith out there. He started the second half yesterday. And like, again, Caleb Martin's been good, but I mean, Duncan Robinson was their leading score yesterday. Like that can't be a thing. Jimmy's Jimmy and bam got to show up big in game six or get either one game six or game seven. Everyone seems to think if the heat lose game six, that they're totally toast in game seven. I don't think that's the case. I think they could they could win a game seven on the road again because the Celtics we've seen them just kind of throw games away even when they shouldn't. Um so yeah, the funniest outcome would be Jimmy Butler hitting a game winning shot in game seven after he missed the game winner in game seven last year. Uh so if like the Celtics come all the way back and then the Heat beat them in Boston would be super funny. Like I said, I still think the Heat are gonna win game six, or at least one of these next two. If they don't, that'd be a real bummer for Jimmy's legacy and fuck Boston and be Brutal to see them. I think either way, Denver's probably beating either of these teams. Would you agree there? you've. Been, I feel like you've been on Denver all playoffs, haven't you, when we've asked you and you've gone with Denver. And they've shown really very little to discourage that.
1: Yeah. Just feels like Jokic's year. Yeah. This is a very Dirk-esque championship if Jokic can get it done. Uh, where, you know, there's no other all-star caliber player on the roster. And certainly Murray's
2: playing. I mean, Murray's been great. That series he just had against the Lakers was incredible. Murray's a bit of a roller coaster. He is. You know, <laughs> high
1: highs, low lows. Yeah. Uh, and it, it all comes back to Jokic. It's foolish to discuss it any other way. He's the best player in the world right now. And he can, you know, solidify himself as an all-time great with a champion. Yep. He's at least
2: at the Dirk level. And I would say above Dirk if he wins a championship this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, Dirk is awesome, yeah, but I mean, Jokic, I mean, two MVPs, uh, almost a third, um, and just the way he does it, I mean, he's the best, arguably the best passing big man of all time, and he's triple-double stuff, just like, I know the numbers are a little inflated in this era, but still, like, two two MVPs in a title, and what are, he's 20, how old is he, 27? Eight. 28, yeah. In, the, in his prime, like, yeah, and it does seem like it is, like, finally his time, and uh, I know they've been playing like the underdog card and Michael Malone's been coming out with these fire quotes post game, just like shitting on people. And of course, then we got the bullshit yesterday from like Chris Mannix talking about how the nuggets aren't interesting and all that. And uh, really brutal stuff because very, very, very interesting. Jokic is interesting. Murray's got a great story, a bunch of other interesting players on that team. Uh, so yeah, it does feel like the nuggets seem like the team to beat right now. I said, I mean, Boston, <laughs> they're so talented and like, it wouldn't shock me if Boston whatever came back and pulled made history in the series and then beat Denver. Yeah. Uh but I would th- have to think I mean Denver is just the clear favorite. Uh, we'll see whatever the rest versus rust thing, but I mean they're going to be fresh. They have the home court advantage with whatever the alt-, alt altitude there. I know Boston's played really well on the road in general these playoffs, but it does feel like it's Jokic's time to just make this happen and finally get and get that ring. So Probably uh, if it's not Jimmy, if it is Nuggets Celtics, certainly hoping uh, for the for pulling for the Nuggets there because again, fuck Boston. If it is the Heat, if the Heat do pull through, I'll certainly be rooting for Jimmy to win. But I, I mean, I feel like the Nuggets would absolutely annihilate the, the Heat in a series, maybe in five. Although again, the Heat have uh, every time I whatever doubt them, they've kind of come back strong. Even though the last couple games have looked bad, but I just don't see how they could handle that Nuggets team. But who knows? We'll see. That game six heat Celtics in Miami is tomorrow night, Saturday night. We obviously got a long uh, holiday weekend coming up and we will see if a game seven will be forced. The Nuggets are just hanging out waiting for the finals next week. So uh, they still got, they'll have a nice weekend themselves to continue preparing. So I got nothing else. Ricky, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, that's going to okay. do it for us here on this episode of cash considerations, a Chicago bulls podcast. As always, shout out the blue iron network. With the playoffs, we're almost in the finals. Go check out the great pods, NBA pods, or whatever pods on Blue Wire. we got tons of great great podcasts all across the network, including us. Cash considerations, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, all these these good places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. And guys, go check out all his great work at espionation.com. So that's going to do it for us here on this Memorial Day weekend uh, edition of Cash Considerations, H. Cowboys Podcast. Please, everybody, have a great holiday weekend, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls.